Hey gazers, welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Angel. And I'm your other host, Brandon. And this is our twice monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. We're explorers of spirit. It's a spiritual safari. Look, there's a chakra zebra. Look, there's a cheesecake. (laughs) A cheesecake? And I'm mentioning cheesecake because, well, that'll make sense later. Uh, And maybe also because I just feel like eating my feelings right now. (laughs) We're coming off of a massive Cancer New Moon eclipse. I don't know about y'all, but I definitely felt it. We've been hosting our bi-weekly breathwork healing circles, and we had a really for me, profound one this last... It seemed like for everyone who was there, it was pretty no, it was profound. A, it was a magical, intense, energetic soup. <laughs> yeah, and it was at zero degrees cancer. Yeah, it was during the eclipse. Yeah, which fully just like kind of made me hit like a reset button. It took me back to my my birth. It was a whole thing, y'all. So I literally feel like I'm an infant just crawling through this world right now on a slippery emotional floor. Well, that sounds like cancer season, right? I actually yeah. always encourage like a dry cancer season. Like if you drink, it's cancer season's usually a good time to not drink because it's For so sure. easy to drink your feelings. Um, yeah, and with the Neptune Pisces energy that's in effect right now too. Yeah. It's getting ready to square all that Capricorn business. I would highly recommend that to you all as well. I mean, as somebody who isn't drinking these days, I'm noticing my sugar consumption is like out of control. Girl, you so and me both. I uh, Maybe I'll try to like cut back on the sugar for cancer season. Yeah, sadly, no more cookies. No. I know. I think it's time for a break. Oh, I'll miss that. <laughs> Look, there's more important things to be doing, right? Than eating cookies? Yeah, we can start eating cheesecake. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. Tell people why you keep talking about cheesecake. Because we're doing a Golden Girls style clips episode where they would sit around in the kitchen and share a scrumptious cheesecake and reminisce on moments from episodes past. So as we mentioned, it's our two-year anniversary. Um, We're actually a little past our two-year anniversary, but we thought what we might do is put together a little clips episode some of our favorite moments from episodes past, um, particularly from the first season. So for those of you who kind of joined us later, um, there's some juicy stuff that we don't want you to miss out on. Two years. Two years of sitting in this room, talking into the space. (laughs) That's wild. I know. And as it turns out, people were listening. I know. Who'd have thunk? I know. It's amazing. So just imagine we're all sitting in our kitchen together. We're all wearing like really ornate sleepwear. Silk bathrobes. Caftans. Full face and makeup. (laughs) Jewelry. Yes. And uh, it's like two in the morning and we're all sharing a giant cheesecake together as we look back on two years of spiritual gaze. And this is our very special Golden Gaze Clips episode. Yes, Golden Gaze Clips episode. Didn't you recently just say that I was acting like Dorothy Zbornak? Yeah, when you threw me major shade. <gasps> oh, I don't remember. Sorry, it was a memory lapse. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the very first clip that we actually wanted to dive into is from the very first episode. Oh, yes. When we were wee little pups. Well, we barely knew what we were doing. 
and mm-hmm. I don't know if we know what we're doing now, but no. <laughs> we have experience of not knowing what we're doing, and that's really all that matters. Yeah. But uh, this is the beginning of the very first episode when we first introduced each other and uh, the beginning of the beginnings. All right, let's check it out. Welcome to the very first episode of The The Spiritual Gaze. We are husbands, Brandon and Angel, and that is Noche in the background. And this is our twice-monthly podcast that is dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. We don't know how it works. We don't know how things work. We have some ideas, but they could be wrong. (laughs) So welcome. Yeah. We should probably introduce ourselves. Yes, <laughs> we should. Do you want to introduce me and I'll introduce you? Yeah, that sounds good. So I'll go first. Uh, my husband, Angel Richard Lopez, is a very talented producer and writer and director. That's what he does mostly by day and by night and weekends. He is an incredibly inspired astrologer and a tarot reader and just general intuitive full of spiritual wisdom that's my boo that's sweet honey thank you yeah um i'll take that take it that's true and uh brandon alter is uh i mean he's a healing practitioner of many sorts he is a phenomenal yoga instructor he also teaches pilates in a from a soul-centered perspective he is an amazing tarot reader he is a shamanic practitioner who leads healing drum journey circles for people. He uh, is then also an actor and a writer, a singer, and the alter ego of Brandonna Summer, who actually exists in the world. International woman of mystery. Yes. Heart-centered life coach to wayward teenage girls. Yes. Branding empire. <laughs> That's her. You'll all meet her, I'm sure, at some point. Yeah, we'll have a conversation with her. She'll come on the show. Yes. She's here right now. Oh, shit. And now she's gone. Well, her wigs are here. They are. We do this podcast from our spirit room. It's the second bedroom in our little bungalow where Angel and I both do our healing work. Angel gives his astrology readings out of this room, and I do energy healing and all sorts of other witchy things in this room. (laughs) And on one wall, the north wall, is our main altar table. And then on the other wall, the south wall, is where all of Brandonna's wigs hang out. Yes, exactly. She kind of watches over the fire shrine. Yes, it's the drag altar. It's the drag altar. <laughs> we sound so much younger then, don't we? Well, we were. Our vocal cords were two years younger than oh we were. Oh, my goodness. I need vocal cord Botox. Is that a thing? No, it's not a thing. <laughs> um. <laughs> but it is wild to just kind of hear the, you know, the us that existed then. Yeah. And it was also like we didn't have as fantastic like sound mixing and production. No. So it was. Now we're awards caliber. Yes, exactly. So if you any of you out there want to give us awards, we'll take them. Yeah. We love awards. We're Aries. Aries love awards. So the next clip we wanted to share was from our second episode, which was entitled Our Spiritual Beginnings. And this is a really fantastic story that I never get tired of hearing Angel tell about how he discovered astrology in the first place. Oh, yeah. It's so funny, too. Right before we were recording this, I was just reading a card that I've, it's like with Ganesh on it, that I've 
held on to since that time when I started working at that shop, which will come up in the story. Oh, really? Yeah, from one of my fellow co-workers there. Angelique? No, this is from Anthony, who was my, like, Aries cosmic twin. We were born three days apart. Oh, wow. So, so this is one of my favorite angel stories. So uh, we hope you enjoy uh, getting a little glimpse into how Angel fell into astrology in the first place. Yeah, settle in with your slice of cheesecake and give it a listen. I discovered astrology, I think, how everyone discovers astrology, which is in the, you know, or at least everyone, I guess, who grew up at the time I did, which was in the back of a newspaper um, in the Los Angeles Daily News, which came to our house. And so I would read it every morning. And because I grew up the way I did, I was having coffee in the morning as a very small child. So, you know, in the morning, I'd be watching Jem and drinking my coffee with probably four spoonfuls of sugar in it and lots of milk and a little coffee and reading my horoscope before I went to school. You were old before your time. I was old before my time and completely self-obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, something about me? Let me read it. So I think I just was like that. And I would definitely, you know, go to the bookstore and see, oh, there's an astrology book. But I didn't necessarily seek it out. Um, but I would definitely read them when they showed up, you know, in front of me. Uh, but it wasn't really until I was living in San Francisco. So flash forward. Flash forward, everyone. The year is 1999. I was working at a, a cafe and I had gone in that morning and I got fired because I didn't show up for my shift the night before because I was directing a play and it was like playing. And I had told the guy many times, like, my play is showing. And he's like, I was like, I can't work. And he's like, well, you have to. Anyhow, I walked in. I got fired. I walked out. I had also just kind of broken up with the guy that I was dating who was also in the play. And I was walking down the street and I saw a metaphysical bookshop that was near where I lived. The Psychic Eye. The Psychic Eye Bookshop on Fell Street. It was a hub in San Francisco for all people into spirituality and, uh, well, probably narcotics. Witches, healers, queers, and freaks. And and some druggies. Walked in because I wanted to cheer myself up and buy some candles and try and find something for this boy to sort of make him forgive me. And I got to talking to the woman at the counter and she was like, oh, you need a job? Well, why don't you work here? And I was like, are you hiring? She's like, no, but I don't know. Fill out an application. You never know. So I did... And I got a call later that day from this woman named Angelique who said, oh, your name's Angel. I like that. Can you come in tomorrow for an interview? I was like, sure. So then flash to the next day. I walk in and this very witchy but beautiful woman greets me, Angelique. Anyhow, I, you know, we go in. We talk. She asks me to sign my name on a piece of paper. I do. And she looks at my signature and she goes, whoa. And then she signs her name. And we had the exact same signature. And I was like, that's weird. And she's like, you're hired. And then when can you start? So I started like two days later. And on that first day there, probably 15 minutes into my uh, my shift, she says to me, oh, you know, you're going to be an astrologer here someday. And I was like, okay, lady. Like, 
I just want, you know, like discounts on candles. But and my minimum wage. Cool. Yeah, exactly. I mean, definitely was minimum wage. But it was like a cool, quirky cast of characters all working out of there that I grew to love. And I also grew interested, obviously, in all of the things that we were, you know, selling there. I, so I started to read everything from Buddha, books about Buddhism to Taoism to, you know, Wicca to Louise Hay. Louise Hay and Tarot and Psychic Vampires. And I sort of became like a mini expert on all of these little things because I just found it all fascinating. And all the people who came in there were super fascinating, super intense, and really passionate about the thing that they were into. But super fun. And then, you know, I'd say probably about six months after I started working there, I got a reading from a past life healer and she was someone who was booked up like months in advance everyone else who worked there like you know you could get an appointment with them maybe that week or the next you know maybe early the next week but hers was like always like weeks and weeks if not like two months in advance and it was my birthday and she had a last minute cancellation and so my boss angelique was like oh why don't you read angel it's his birthday I'll, it's on me so I go in for this reading. I mean, I'm like, I barely would see this woman. She would come to work. And she was like this very sort of like very glam, like always had like a purse with like, you know, a brand on it. Like, I mean, she made money. The people came for her and paid. And so she gives me this reading. I go in there and she's like, hello, darling. And was British and had the accent and was beautiful and made me feel very at ease right away. And was like, do you want to just like talk about your past lives or do you want to like go back into them? And I'm like, well, we're going back into them. So I like lay on the floor. It was the whole like past life regression. She said a lot of things that initially just shocked me because they were, I mean, right on with things that I was going through in that moment. Um, there was a whole Joan of Arc thing. And not that I was Joan of Arc, but like, a witch burned at the stake. I was doing in the middle of doing like a whole project on Joan of Arc at the time. It was a whole thing. Ultimately, she said, oh, and you know, you were one of the very first astrologers as well. So you should, you should, uh, you know, pick up a book or do something like it'll come back to you really, really easily. And I thought, oh, that's interesting given, you know, what Angelique had said and that I had always kind of like a side interest in it. Uh, so I did that. I picked up a book and I just read it and I've never been like the best student. I always had trouble retaining, but this I did retain pretty easily. And that also coincided with uh, one of my roommates at the time moving out and a young woman just started who had just started working at the psychic eye and who was a working astrologer and needed a, a new place. So she moved in. So I basically had an astrologer, you know, sharing a wall with me. So we would go home from work every night and just look at charts and I could just ask tons of questions. And then cut to six months later, I was still, I was like the assistant manager of the of this place. And it was a big retail store. So I was very much in the retail mode. And this guy walked in and he said, do you have any astrologers available? I really need one. And our astrologer had actually gone home early that night. And my boss said, yeah, we have one. He's right here. And I was like, uh, what? And she's like, yeah, how, how long? And this and that. And I'm just standing there like frozen. 
And he's like, she's like, yeah, just give him like 10 minutes. So this guy goes and wanders off to, into the store. And she's like, I was like, well, what are you doing? And she's like, it, it, now you're an astrologer. Like now's your time. So get in the room, go set it up. And I was like, but I don't even have, like, everyone always has, like, little statues and, like, fabrics and things. And she's like, well, walk around the store. There's tons of shit around here. Like, pick out the things that are yours and put it, go set up a room. You got 10 minutes. So I was like, okay. And she's like, I'll print up his chart. I'm, like, freaking out because, yeah, I'm, like, young. And I'm, like, I was the youngest person there working there as far as, like, readers. Everyone else was, like, in their 40s and 50s. and Except for the one other woman who was probably, like, five years older than me, four years older than me. Um, but anyway, so I go, I set up this room and, uh, the guy comes in and I just start reading his chart. So cut to the end and he leaves and gives me a really nice tip. And that was like my very first reading and I couldn't believe it. And so from that moment on, I worked there full time as an astrologer and tarot reader. I, Cause I was also, I had studied tarot and so that just became one of the things I could do too. And yeah, I gave, God, I don't even know, over the course of a year working there, I must have given hundreds of readings. I mean, I think my favorite part of that story is imagining you running around the store, like grabbing like fabrics and candles and like sacred totems in like a supermarket sweep style <laughs> fashion as you were preparing to give that first reading. Like I just see you like frantically running through the store, just like grabbing crystals and incense. Yeah. Though of course in thinking back on it, I had already had my eye on some things. So I remember there were a few things that I just kind of ran to directly. Like I was like, Oh yes, now it's time. Like, Oh, amazing. Yeah. It was like, I, it was already being prepared to be born in that space, you know, in my head. Totally. And also funny that I do still have like a number of those items. They've just lived with me for 20 years. Oh my gosh. Like what? Well, the Persephone statue oh, yeah. who sits up there. But even this like fabric that's like, I'm sure you've seen it, this red fabric with like gold foily stars and moons and, oh, and yeah. all that. Yeah. I mean, that was a, the original um, like tablecloth that oh I gosh. used. To do my readings well, on. Well, when we move, I want to feature that fabric more fully. For sure. Well, if I can get my own little altar space, I'll have to use it. Yeah. So we did an episode pretty early on that we called A Crystal Journey. And I feel like we could do another one of these episodes sometime soon, just kind of talking about crystals and how we work with them and um, just the kind of like wide world of working with crystal energy. But... Uh, this first clip is uh, about how I first got into crystals and how I like to work with them. When did you sort of first really get into crystals? Oh, wow. That's a good question. And I don't know if I have a very satisfying answer because, again, my mom is a Taurus and she has always been into crystals. So it's one of those things that was always present around me. Mm -hmm. But I guess... When I really started to mindfully work with crystals was probably seven or eight years ago. Okay. I remember buying this little crystal quartz necklace in a little bullet casing. Oh my God, I remember that. I still have it. I wear it all the time. We were together then, honey. Yeah, so that was when I really started to intentionally work with crystals. And I thought we could also just like share some crystal stories in this deep dive. Oh yeah. Because I know we both have some really cool ones. And so you got that crystal bullet, and what was it about getting that? Because at the time, I'm sure it was just like, this is gorgeous jewelry. 
but then how did you also start to work with it in a more mindful way? Well, I just started to wear it every day. And the first thing I always encourage people to do with crystals is to try to feel where that crystal wants to be on their body. Mm. Because I really do believe that you can work with crystals, particularly with the chakra system, to help open, clear, and charge your own chakras. And that's a really simple, basic practice that I just use the color the color wheel, so to speak. So mm -hmm. each of the chakras correlates with a color. So it's red for the root, orange for the sacral. It follows like the color spectrum. Uh, yellow for your solar plexus. Green for your heart, but also pink for your high heart. Uh, blue or turquoise for your throat. Your third eye is indigo, and then the crown of your head is violet. But this, this isn't a hard and fast rule. You can work with gold and silver, and of course there are crystals that are not those colors, but that's a great way to kind of begin. Like I have a blue mm -hmm. crystal. I'm holding it right now. It's my talking crystal. It's a lapis lazuli. So when I have trouble communicating, when I know I need to be speaking, I use that crystal. And crystals, they're like your friend. Like if you tell your friend what you want it to do, your friend will do it. If you don't tell your friend what you want it to do, your friend won't know. Your friend's not psychic. Crystals aren't necessarily psychic. So it's really important to like program an intention into your crystals. And I really do feel like it's best to only put one intention into a crystal mm. at a time. But then once that intention has completed itself, you can clear the crystal with sage or under the full moon or take it into the ocean or just blow on it. I mean, these are really simple ways. And then you can put a new intention into your crystal. Right. And I guess, and you probably should say like some crystals you probably shouldn't put in the ocean. Like there are certain things you can figure that out. Yeah. Right? Some crystals will dissolve in water and some won't like selenite, which is a crystal that is like the clearing crystal. It never needs to be cleared because what its function is, is that it clears all other things. Um, you don't want to get that wet because then it will just dissolve. What's your favorite crystal? Mm. I love a smoky quartz. I just am very drawn to smoky quartz. That's true. You do have quite a bit of them. I do have quite a few of them. I love smoky quartz because it's a nice grounding stone. Mm -hmm. And I also like that smoky quartz is a really great crystal for transforming negative energies into positive energies. Mm. Because at the end of the day, like energy is just energy. And so we can just recycle it. So you take the poison and you recycle it into medicine. And smoky quartz is really good for that. Okay. So given what I was saying, the I'm going through in my life right now. I should go get myself a smoky quartz. We don't need to buy any more crystals. You can just grab that one sitting right on the desk. She needs a buddy. Which one? You can't see it behind the bag, but it's that big smoky quartz cluster. Can I put that in my pocket, though? No, it's too big for okay, your well, pocket. Okay, well, I need something that I can carry with me at all times. Okay, we, we can get you that. <laughs> I'm also just looking for an excuse to go shopping. You know, the amazing thing about that necklace mm -hmm. that I talk about, that clear quartz point that's kind of... Uh, in the bullet casing. Yeah. Like that, that necklace I've worn in some of the world's most sacred places. Like I remember wearing it when we were in Machu Picchu mm. and there's still that running water that goes through the Citadel. And I like took that crystal and like put it in the running water <laughs> right. of Machu Picchu. Yeah. And it's been to Hawaii and I put it in like waterfall energy. And I mean, it's, it's such a, um charged yeah it's so charged and also what a lucky crystal it's a it's an international traveler <laughs> <laughs> they've seen some of the wonders of the world yeah so this next clip is from that same episode and it's another fabulous story from mr lopez about his relationship with a very special yellow calcite my little healer friend yeah your little healer crystal 
So take another bite of cheesecake. <laughs> Do you think everyone has seen those Golden Girls clips? If you episodes? haven't. Where they all like sit around a cheesecake and just like talk about <laughs> what happened in the season. You better get to it. Yeah. So I've had this calcite um, with me uh, since I guess the year 2001. Um, and it was gifted to me when I had, I was um, involved in a, a hit and run. I was, I was um, the hit and then somebody ran. Um, so it kind of knocked me out for a little bit. Well, you were, you were hit by a car. I was hit by a car. And you were just crossing the street. I was crossing the street. It was late at night. I was listening to Madonna's, uh, what it feels like for a girl. And then the next thing I knew I was woke up and there were paramedics all around me and people and I couldn't get up and I thought I was going to die. Um, and that was, it was a crazy experience and thankfully I was, um, in much better shape than I should have been, which is what the doctor told me. Um, but, uh, even then I, you know, went home and I had been already sort of immersed in this world of, because I was working at the, the, the psychic guy, the bookshop I've mentioned. And, um, so I was immersed in a world of healers and you know astrologers and you know people who were you know uh who worked with crystals and such and there was this one woman this woman patricia who i worked with who was an amazing hands-on reiki healer Mm. um and she also worked with crystals and so she would come to my apartment and do reiki on me for like hours and then i would lay this crystal on the areas of my body that had been most affected which were my lower back and my knees and which is still so crazy that those are like the two parts of my body that i still have like the most problem with Mm. um it's like what are you trying to tell me but anyhow um i uh well knees are ruled by capricorn uh which is the polar of your cancer yes so there's something in that right stability and the low back is when we like, I feel like low back problems arise when we don't feel supported. Uh, yeah, that resonates. <laughs> so I'll just, I'll just uh, drop just that drop little that, nugget And then she just there. walks off in her heels. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Click clack, see you next exactly. week. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, bitch. Uh, but anyhow, um. All this to say, you know, and at the time, look, when you, uh, anyone who has been through a really sort of traumatic experience, you're sort of in a state of like, I'll do anything, I'll try anything. And I was obviously at that moment very open um, and was just really amazed, um, you know, like I could really feel the energy of the crystal in certain moments. I remember having it, I slept with it once and like under my lower back. And um, with a pillow underneath it. And I remember at one point like waking up in the middle of the night and the there were, the pillow was between me and the crystal um, when I went to sleep and I woke up and then it had somehow gotten up. Like I had moved, I guess, but I had moved in a way that the crystal had found its way to the part of my back directly. So I was like, that's interesting. All this to say, you know, when I went to get my first checkup with the doctor, um, the doctor was like, I am so, uh, like they did the x-ray on my back. And he was like, I don't know. You did six months of healing in a month and a half. Wow. Yeah. No, it was crazy. And I, 
he was like, I don't know how he did, how it would happen, but you should be, you know, this is amazing. I've never seen healing like this. Did you mention the crystal? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm amazing. Um, but I did, you know, I, I left there really sort of convinced that, you know what, obvi- like, obviously, like, Reiki is a thing, and it's real. Energy is real. And I certainly felt like this beautiful little calcite really was a whole part of that healing process. And it has lived with me now for 17 years and has, like, a very firm place on our altar. And we... We All use three it for of healing. us yeah. utilize Noche, it. Myself Noche, myself, and you. Yeah, um, because it has it is like a very healing and tool. That's a great example. I need to sleep with it tonight. Yeah, you do, girl. Well, that's an example too. I don't think yellow calcite is necessarily oh right considered like a stone for physical healing. Like if you go and look up the meanings of yellow calcite, you may not find that. But that just goes to show you that you don't need to be too rigid. And that's really where I'm just encouraging you to trust your own intuition. You know, if you see a stone and all of a sudden you feel or hear and say, you know, like this is going to help me write that song, then then that's what that crystal's there to help you do. I love that that crystal has like continued to have such a life as like a healer. I feel like I just saw you the other day, like rubbing it on Noche's back. Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, it's become like like a tool of ours for sure. It's become like the fourth member of our family. <laughs> <laughs> I know it needs like a pedestal. It really does. That would be nice to kind of honor it in that way. Yeah, I might have something. All right, cool. Right now he's like, why are you seating me in this cluster of all these other folks in the yeah. corner? I'm special. I'm the fucking human calcite. <laughs> yeah, hello. So the next episode that we wanted to feature was our basic astrology for non-basics episode. And it's just a little clip about the history of astrology because we thought that might be fascinating. Um, to... As told through the lens of us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we are not astrology historians, but we certainly did a little research for y'all. And here's what we came up with. Well, and just also what we know, you know, and essentially, yeah, astrology was uh, something that was very prevalent in so many ancient societies, the Babylonians, uh, the Egyptians, the Greeks, the Greeks, the Romans, uh, you know, the beginning of Chinese culture, all of them had some form of astrological, uh, you know, sort of ideology in their lives, you know. And for a really long time, astrology and astronomy were the same thing. Exactly. Yeah, it was very much just about how do we utilize the movement of the planets, the stars, to give us a sense of when we should be planting things, um, which then broke down to, oh, this certain system created this and these people or this king was born under that. So now that it's come back around again, a new king will be born. Um, so it was really a lot of that sort of thinking. What we I would think... call as like predictive event-based yeah, astrology. Completely. Not so much like the personality-based astrology or the personal astrology that we now are mostly interested in. Mm-hmm. But the original astrology, yeah, was about that sort of predictive event. Like when's fishing going to be good? Exactly. When's the harvest? Yeah, so it was all predicting things like from agriculture to politics to all types of things. 
that then, you know, utilized certain constellations, which we now know as the Zodiac. Mm -hmm. And, you you know, I think people then, more, you know, modern, but modern being the last probably like 400 years, started to see this sort of general correlation between all of these things and sort of really gave birth to the, you know, system that we all sort of now look at and... It was really just in the last like 120 years or so, because that's kind of, I think, become more synonymous with astrology. Um, basically, you know, what astrology does is it takes your exact time, date and you know place of birth and creates a chart for you, which I always say is like a snapshot of where everything was when you were born, the sun, the moon and the various planets. And um, there is what we call a chart wheel, which has 12 houses um, and each house represents a different area of life and all the planets fall into those. The, the big thing that everyone kind of always is interested in, the way in, uh, if you will, to a chart uh, can be a lot of the times your sun, your moon, your rising. What I like to call the big three. Yeah, or your triple tier. Mm -hmm. And I'll just share this quote from Carl Jung, which is, We are born at a given moment, in a given place. And like vintage years of wine, we have the qualities of the year and of the season in which we are born. You know what? I love that because I would always refer to charts. Uh, I would be like, yeah, so each one is like a snowflake. But now I like can't use the term snowflake yeah, anymore. Totally. So now you can like, call it. Each one's yeah, like a so bottle of like, wine. You're like a bottle, your own bottle of Pinot Grigio. Yeah. But you are the physical embodiment of all of these celestial, planetary, and asteroidal energies at the moment of your birth. And mm -hmm. your job is to express that as fully as possible. And so your chart is a map how to understand, oh, what am I, what am I supposed to express? Not because like this is being put upon you, but because this is your authenticity. If you were born with Mars and Scorpio, that was a specific question, and we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. You know, then your job is to figure out how can I express that Mars and Scorpio energy? Yeah, because your chart sort of gives you like a blueprint for all of the strengths that you were brought into this world with. And also the weaknesses. Oh, well, I prefer the term or the word challenges. Totally. <laughs> you know, and and so it is really an opportunity for you to you know, understand yourself a little better. It's such a tool for self-awareness. So I even, you know, I would say that if you are someone who is just like, okay, you know, really astrology, like a little bit of a side eye, um, it's worth just, you know, if you can access your exact time, date and place and birth, you know, to go on, look at a chart and just start to read like some of the basic sort of things about your sun, your moon, your rising, but also where your Mars is, where your Venus is, where your Jupiter is, because that's when you really start to break it down. That For me, that was really once I realized that there were so many other elements to it beyond just, you know, oh, I'm, a, I'm an Aries. Oh, I have a Cancer moon. Like once I was like, oh, I have Jupiter and Taurus in the first house, like and reading what that was, I was like, oh, damn. OK, that's really interesting. And then beyond, beyond, beyond. So, and that's why just because two people share a sun sign doesn't mean that they're the same person at exactly. all. Exactly. Because what you're really talking about are all of the planets and then other asteroids and then the relationships that those planets have to each other, which we would call aspects. Yeah. And it's that basic look. And I use basic in the term that we all understand it to mean now. It's that basic look 
that I think gives astrology a bad rep. Because people go, oh, well, I'm a Gemini, and like... And she's a Gemini, and we're totally different. Yeah, so that's lame. It's bullshit. (laughs) Why did we become just like bitchy queens? I know. Uh, But anyhow, you know, and I think it's when you have to, you know, allow yourself to explore it a bit more. And I have to say, listening back to that little clip of the episode, I actually was struck by this quote... You are the physical embodiment of all these celestial planetary and asteroidal energies at the moment of your birth, and your job is to express that as fully as possible. I think that's just such a great way to really crystallize what astrology is and what we're talking about. Yeah, completely. And that like in a lot of ways, like human beings are a crystal that contain all the planetary energies at the moment of their birth. Wow. I love astrology. I think about it way too much. I really honestly like think about it all the time. Well, I mean, that's probably a good thing since, uh, you know, it's it's part of your work in the world. That's true. So the next episode clip that we wanted to share was from the spiritual side of relationships, where we uh, talked a little bit about how we met in the first place. But in that same episode, heavily featured was another well-known character on this podcast, (laughs) <laughs> which is my Australian accent. Oh, Lord. So we thought without further ado, we'd give you just a little taste of how long that accent has been around. There's a new season of Below Deck Mediterranean about to come come to shore. And uh, so look forward to us talking about it. Ah, uh, darling, it's going to be so amazing. <laughs> we get Hannah back. She's coming back, darling. She's still the chief stewardess. She is. Her Australian accent hasn't changed a beat. No, it is not. Neither is mine. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God, honey. Uh, It's not going anywhere, anybody. We don't want it to go anywhere. Oh, thank you so much, everyone. It's such a pleasure. Eventually, we'll go to Australia someday. Ah, darling. you'll get to use it. Research and development. (laughs) It'll be amazing. I do really hope we get to go to Australia sometime soon. Oh, my gosh. Me too. I just wish you all could see the joy that comes onto Brandon's face. At the beginning of an episode of Below Deck Mediterranean, because I know he's going to get to hear the voice of Hannah and her Australian accents, and I blame her for all of this. Oh my gosh. I just, there's something so soothing and luxurious to me about an Australian accent. Even when I'm doing it, I'm like soothed by my own by my own voice like i don't know what that accent is just like butter to me (laughs) it is a beautiful accent i adore it as well um all right but from the same episode here is the story of how angel and i met in the first place and astrology is a key factor in it can't get away from her i think when we met i was for the first time finally able to voice what my needs were and i had the foundations not the ceiling or any of the you know interior design, but I had the foundations of who I was as a person. Yeah. And so I was able to communicate that and voice that to you. Yeah. Um, Someone recently did ask me, how did you end up with someone who, you know, just spoke the same language as you, like that you're so lucky? And I responded, yes. (laughs) A, I am very lucky. Uh, But B, I just made a point of it that it needed to be a core value for me. So my relationship beginnings were that uh, most of my relationships were pretty fleeting because I was a non-committal. 
the relationship I had before you, he was not really on a spiritual path, I would say, in a way that I was. Uh, wasn't really viewing the world that way. Completely respected me and my journey. Uh, but I, I couldn't really have that dialogue about it, you know, in a meaningful way. And so I actually did go through this whole process with a friend of, uh, we did a relationship workbook called Calling in the One. And ultimately what the workbook ended up being about, because we got it thinking like, we are ready to be in a relationship. So let's just try this book and maybe it's magic. And ultimately the book was really about, well, before you can call in the, the one, the other one, you have to call in the one that is yourself. So a lot of the book was about uncovering all of our old beliefs and patterns around relationships. But there was a exercise around doing like this list of what you would want in a person. And for the first time, I was able to create a list that wasn't at all really about external. It was very much internal. And I think having a partner who was on a spiritual journey and who could dialogue about it with me was number one or number two, probably. I think people can get waylaid by the externals when they're thinking about a partner. Yeah. And in my experience the most important thing in relationship is how does the other person make you feel completely and they can make all the money in the world and they can be hot as fuck but if they don't see you or hear you as you are or need to be seen and heard that relationship is not going to be nourishing right and honestly i had one of those lists and they were all external things and when I met Angel, I was not looking for relationship, sacred partnership, or anything beyond a one-night stand. I was nine months out of my last relationship. I was running around town. And a whore. I was just conscious enough to hear that quiet voice in the back of my head perk up when I first started dating Angel. And it said, don't fuck this up. There is something really, really profound here and you're ready for it but i was scared because i personally was not ready for it but that deeper essence knew i was and things moved really quickly for us and i also want to say that what was a shortcut for us in some ways is that we both spoke the language of astrology and so that was the foundation for how we were able to even talk about deeper spiritual practice because we had the language of astrology, which is a gateway into spiritual practice. Right. And on our very first date, it wasn't even our first date, it was like our first hang, we talked about astrology and we particularly talked about Gemini. <laughs> and it was how I talked about Gemini that I think made you realize that I wasn't just like some basic astrology bitch and that there was something we could really begin to explore. Yeah. Well, I got that even before that. So I promise I won't tell the whole story in detail because I know I can get a little long-winded already too late. Uh, but uh, I had uh, been dating a lot before I met you. Uh, I guess also a whore about town. Wow, this is all news to me. <laughs> but ultimately uh, sort of closed the door on that at a dinner party Uh with some friends and I proclaimed that I was done dating and I deleted all whatever dating site apps I had on my phone. Uh, and then that night on the way home from the 
dinner was uh, called by a friend and said, come to this club. It's going to be really fun. And I was like, no, I'm going home. And they were like, well, Brandon might be there. And we had met a month before. We'd been introduced, but there wasn't really a love connection in that No, moment. we had a mutual friend that brought you to one of my Pilates classes. Yes. And I'd seen Brandon before because he taught at a Pilates studio that was a block from my house. So I'd seen him there and thought he was cute. You but... would like walk by and like look at me through the windows teaching. Yes. And in hindsight, I remember that I'd actually made eye contact with you a couple mornings when you would like walk by and like literally cruise me teaching a class. And I would be like, oh, who's cruising me? Yeah, I did. And he was like, oh, it's my future husband. Yeah, who fucking knew, man? Life is crazy. <laughs> so she did say, well, Brandon will be there. And I said, well, okay. And, but I did feel compelled to go. And I did say to her, if there is a parking space directly in front of the club, I will come uh, because that's the stubborn Taurus rising I am. But sure enough, as I pulled up to the club, a car pulled out right underneath the sign of the club. So I pulled in and I parked. And a friend of mine uh, was at the front of what was a very long line and was about to go in and called out to me and ushered me over. So I went into line with him, walked right in, ran into my friend who then said, oh, good, look, Brandon's here. And we waved. And that night we did connect and we danced a lot. And then our mutual friend took us to her house and made us turkey sandwiches. And while we were talking, Brandon brought up astrology. And not in a way that completely unprovoked. Normally, I have to be the one to bring it, or I was the one to bring it up. Uh, but he brought it up and was just talking about it pretty fluently. And I think I was a little side-eye at first because I am shady. But I did quickly get that, oh, this guy actually knows astrology. Uh, but we didn't get that in depth on it. it no, because then you were like, you know, I think Julie was like, you know, he's a professional astrologer. And then I was yeah. like, oh, well, let me just put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, but it was so cute that you were just talking it, how confident you were in it attracted me. Because that was the first time I'd ever been able to have that experience, really. To be able to have conversation around that with you, um, on top of the fact that you were just like super handsome, got me so excited. And I remember being done with that first date, like, yeah, I think I can, I can fuck with this guy for a while. Here we go. And that was almost nine years ago. I like that your thought was like, oh, I could fuck with this guy. It's not like, oh, maybe I could like date this guy or like, oh, like what a sweet cutie. It was like, well, yeah, I guess I could fuck with this guy and see what happens. <laughs> that was my thinking. Well, you're still fucking with me now. I am. That's not true. So this last clip we wanted to share is actually from the episode that we did at the beginning of 2020, which was all about the astrology of 2020. And I thought it would be really interesting for us to listen back to what Angel and I were talking about before we knew the true <laughs> <Right>. horror show <laughs> that uh, this year was going to be. Yeah. Because I think the information is really good to listen back to, especially now that we know how those energies are going to manifest. Right. Cool. There are things that we learn deep in the marrow of our bones that we don't even realize have been a program that's been put into us that we need to restructure or rewrite 
if it's not serving us to our highest best good. So I also think like Saturn Pluto conjunction looks like, you know, rewiring and rewriting some of those like old ancestral karmic patterns and becoming aware of it. Um, And awareness is everything. Like you have to see it to free it. So don't try to fix it all, babies. Like don't try to make it all better in a minute. Just notice it. Just take notes, write it down. Pay attention to what's no longer serving you. You've got a lot of time to figure out how you're gonna change things, but don't put your head in the sand, you know, um, because you can't escape this shit. It's Saturn, you know, like you can't escape Saturn. You can either work with him, and eventually, like things get really groovy, or you avoid it, and things just get worse and worse. Yeah, yeah. So to what you said, like this doesn't have to be a, an answer time. This is like a pop the question time. Yeah, because you guys, this conjunction goes on for like two and a half years. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, not like directly. But it like comes in and out. Well, yeah, well, not, yeah, not that long, but it, it, yeah, it basically like, it started the lead up last February. So between February and July of last year was when it began. So we were all starting to feel the lead up to it. Um, so that might've been when you started to sort of recognize like, oh, maybe I don't want to live here anymore. I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. I don't want to work here anymore. You know, all of those like questions started to kind of like shift you, you know? Um, and then it went retrograde at the end of April and kind of backed off some. And you were like, no, I think I'm fine. This relationship's working great. (laughs) Right. Or things started to shift, but you know, kind of take, took their time. Then it started to come back again in a more meaningful way back in November. So for the last two-ish months, that's when it's been really feeling like, oh God, because now it's just been a straight shot forward. So now you're like, oh no, fuck, this relationship is over. Yeah, like this stuff has got to give. So, you know, we actually hit the 22 mark on January 6th, but the two of them will be at the exact degree and minute uh, on January 12th. So this, you know, Sunday. Yeah. We're recording this in the middle of the week. So yeah. So you'll get, it'll be happening. Yeah. On this Sunday, right after we've had the full moon as well. Yeah. The eclipse in cancer. Mm-hmm. So, you know, which is a lot of releasing energy, um, and emotional releasing energy. Yeah. So a good time to be releasing any emotions around some of these things. Cause look with Saturn things have you, you let go of things as well. You know, it's a beginnings and endings chapter, this one. So really important to be noticing like, or where are you making, you know, goodbyes to things, you know, where do you need to say goodbye? Uh, and Look, for some of us, it is a relationship. For others, it's things in a closet, you know, or in a cupboard. But wherever it is for you, it's important to honor this energy. So, you know, wherever you're feeling compelled to release, get rid of, let go of, you know, whether it exists on a physical, mental, emotional, or spiritual level, really take some time to honor that through this process. Um, because again, it, that's the Saturn, like the physical element that like, let's do something about it, but it's honoring Pluto, which is, you know, us on a deep psychological and soul core level, you know, like we're all being called at some point right now to 
do to move our soul's purpose forward yeah. in some way. And it may not feel that massive, you know, like, oh, okay, I'm just clearing out my kitchen. Oh, I think it does. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, yeah, I think it does. Like it's, I haven't, I personally haven't come across anyone who hasn't been experiencing it on some level. There's a gravitas to it. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people I do think who aren't facing it who aren't confronting it entirely. Good luck. (laughs) Let me know how that goes for you, girl. But yeah, man, like if you are just like going through life, like everything's fine and it's fine and life's just hard, then you're probably just doubling down, which is only going to make things potentially harder for you when you have your next personal Saturn transit or, you know, cause this is also like a communication with our natal placements of these planets. Yeah. Well, and I think just to like really break it down, like Saturn is responsibility and Pluto mm-hmm. is transformation. So yeah. like you have a responsibility to your transformation. Ah, well said. So are you responsibly transforming your life and your soul or are you, you know, like digging in your heels and going like, fuck no, I'm going to stay the same. It's like, okay, well, let me know how that goes for you. <laughs> All right, Shady Boots. Oh. No, I'm just kidding. But look, if you are just, if you know, if you're hearing this and you're going, oh, fuck, wait, now, and, it, and it's happening on the 12th, like, <clears throat> you know, use, allow this to be your wake-up call. They're basically BFFs until March 22nd. Then Saturn moves into Aquarius, <laughs> where it'll be through the end of July. But then they're going to have a reunion, an, an encore, if you will. <laughs> yes, they're going to get back together. Yeah, they're going to do the show one more time. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they're, yeah, they're basically going to have an encore between July and December of this year. So we have between now and March, and then an ease, uh, like how are we, how are we doing this? And then we, you know, come back to it in July and have the rest of the year to clean up any of the mess that we might've made or, you know, redecorate or, you know, do, you know, revisit some of these, some of these questions, but hopefully in ways where we can feel a little more confident, a little more, uh, you know, in charge of our progress and in charge of our transformation as opposed to where, you know, right now where some of us might just feel like at the whims of our transformation, you know, but, but I think what you said about responsibility, like that's the key. So even if you do feel like at the whims of it, where can you take responsibility from that? Again, this isn't all to like create like a blame around, us too like if we're in a bad place it's our fault per se like because like you said too like brandon that we're also like operating sometimes from operating systems that have existed for generations yeah, for hundreds of years yeah and that were implanted in us when we were a fucking baby or a tiny child and like didn't know any better So just blame your parents. (laughs) No. So just be grateful that you start to become aware of it. Exactly. And for those of you that like have children or thinking about having children, like what an incredible gift it can be for you Mm -hmm. to break the cycle in your lifetime so that your children don't have to deal with that sort of shit. Yeah. I think it's a really strong opportunity for everyone right now. 
Yeah. So the best thing we can all do is to like be kind to ourselves and to one another and to cultivate a loving presence. And that's also how we take responsibility for our transformation. I would say try to tend to your transformation with love. Yeah. And respect that everyone you are dealing with from your boss to the person that you drop off your dry cleaning with to your mom, everyone is having a Saturn-Pluto conjunction somewhere in their chart. So just try to be loving. It's true. Like we can only really like try to love ourselves and love our surroundings through it all. And look, sometimes love looks like, you know, like a, a march for peace and screaming and shouting. Yeah, there's tough love too. Uh, so anyhow, that's kind of the, you know, that's the headline. So I love that you even just like mentioned protest energy. Mm-hmm. Even without having any sense that that was going to be such a huge manifestation of this energy. And I think everything we talked about is truly coming to pass. But I think it's also a really great lesson for people in seeing how you can know what the astrology is going to be and still not know how it's going to play out yeah. until it happens. Right. Yeah. You can see the sort of the big picture of it, but the details can surprise you. It's almost like when you're casting a role. Like, you know, mm-hmm. they need to be able to do this and, you know, they need to be this and that. But then when you see someone come in and actually bring the character to life, you're like, oh, my gosh, like, that's how this was always supposed to go. Right. Yeah, that's a really good analogy. So we hope you enjoyed this little trip down memory lane with us. We certainly enjoyed getting a chance to listen back to some of those old episodes, even if we did cringe a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) And... We really miss those spirit talk episodes. And so we are going to try to figure out a way to do them remotely. So stay tuned for that. Um, And in some ways it might actually open up who we might be able to talk to because they don't have to physically be here in Los Angeles. So thank you for being with us for the last two years or however long you've been with us. And um, we're committed to sticking around, but we're also going to let things evolve as they need to evolve. And so this is the next big evolution, I think, is figuring out how to do Spirit Talks remotely um, so that piece of the program can stay a vital uh, a vital part of it. Yeah, you all have truly been a light in our lives these last couple years. So we're extremely grateful to you for listening, for engaging with us, and for... Uh, sharing uh, this out with people you know. We wish we could give you a hug or at least a slice of cheesecake. (laughs) Yes. All right. Well, we thought we would end this episode the way we end every other episode with just a quick little tarot card poll. So take a moment and gather yourself up from wherever you've been and go ahead and connect to the sound of the cards by listening to me shuffle them. And just know that this message will resonate no matter the future place or time to which you listen to this very special two-year anniversary Eclipse episode. And the card I just pulled is the Hierophant. Mm. And the Hierophant, in a lot of ways, is when spirit comes in 
it's higher knowledge, it's learning, and it's sacred knowledge. It's learning about the mysteries and the mystery schools. And the Hierophant, in a lot of ways, is also like the figure who initiates. And so there's an initiation happening for you somewhere in your life. And to pay attention to what you're being initiated into. Initiation, in some ways, is a form of death. Because the person that dies is the person you were before the initiation. And I also, you know, think that this podcast in a lot of ways is very hierophant energy because we're exploring all of these like wide teachings. And so I would encourage you too to just really reflect on what you've learned and be willing to share it, be willing to teach it. The hierophant is learning, but it's not just learning so that you can harbor this knowledge to yourself it's learning so that you can share it so that you can step into the role of teacher so that you can initiate others in the same way that you have been initiated and hierophant energy is connected to tradition and it's connected to sacred objects it's connected to crystals and rituals and ceremonies and i would just encourage you as you move through the next week or two just to pay attention to how you can ritualize your life because the truth is is your whole life is a ceremony every moment of your life is sacred it's just a question of how do you want to perceive that so even your morning shower even pouring your morning coffee even the way you go to sleep at night or the way you merge onto the freeway in traffic these can all be ceremonial your whole life is a ceremony if you allow yourself to live in a sacred way. And so on that note, we wish you a sacred, healthy, happy, and safe couple of weeks until we meet again. Yes, we'll be back with our regularly scheduled program <laughs> soon. So thank you for being here. Thanks for all your love and your support and your engagement. If you'd be so kind as to rate this podcast... Leave us a review, share it with a friend. <laughs> um, we've got our 11-week astrology course that's open for registration. There's actually an early bird special. If you sign up before July 5th, you can save some serious dough. And that class is going to start on August 5th. And you can also check out our upcoming breathwork circles or uh we'll have a webinar for leo season in a couple of weeks these are all ways that you can continue to learn from us and engage with us and we love 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 to see your beautiful faces over the zoom but until next time this has been your transit through the, the spiritual, spiritual game, game.